0: Welcome to Dig In, the podcast brought to you by Dig Insights. Every week, we interview founders, marketers, and researchers from innovative brands to learn how they're approaching their role and their category in a clever way. Hello, welcome back to Dig In. This week, we are so lucky to have Michelle Gainsley with us, who is the VP of Global Insights and Analytics at McDonald's. Michelle, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. And don't forget also president of the Dig Insights fan club.
0: Oh my gosh, I love that. I'm literally going to have to go and tell <laughs> tell all of our founders to listen to the, hey, if you don't listen to the whole episode, just listen to the beginning where Michelle says she's our number one fan. Um, <laughs> no, Michelle, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, honestly, I've really been looking forward to this episode because you have such a wealth of experience in the space um i also kind of nerdy nerdily fangirled out i think it was the beginning of my role at dig and we do you remember clubhouse do you remember when clubhouse existed (laughs) Yes,
1: (laughs) Yes, <laughs> uh, I was just talking um, with Michaela about that because remember Michaela was on that panel yeah. with me, and now we work together. Yeah,
0: yeah, um, that was so weird. I think it was like around for two weeks or something. I um, know
1: Clubhouse,
0: so wild. What but I remember me. specifically you kind of saying some really compelling stuff about democratizing insights, um, and you know, wanting to give more people access to. Mm-hmm you know, send research and and analyze research. So anyways, I've been looking forward to talking to you because I feel like the way that you approach the practice of insights is pretty progressive. Um, This is how we normally do it. I just give you loads of compliments at the beginning and then... (laughs) Um, <laughs> uh, more, more. <laughs> uh, but in all seriousness, I would love if you would, if you wouldn't mind, just give like a little bit of background for the listeners of sort of how you ended up in your role today.
1: Sure. So, to everyone, let's say Michelle Gansley, leading uh, global insights and analytics at McDonald's, I had the privilege of being there for the last 18 months. Um, before that, I was at Mars, the confectionery business part, uh, for almost 15 years. Um, it's actually a funny story how I ended up at Insights, I I mean, as you can imagine by the, if you just sum up those numbers, I've been around for a while, but back when I was in school, market research wasn't really a degree that you could get. I mean, now it is, there's plenty of co- company, co- companies, colleges and MBA programs that do market research as a degree, but before yeah. it was just like a class in a marketing form. And I was getting a brand management degree, Um, at Thunderbird, which is an international Mm. MBA program. And while I was there, you know how they have like the intern fair between your first and second year? Mm -hmm. I was gunning for brand management internships and this woman at Clorox was like, well, what is it? She was trying to convince me to apply for an insights role. I was like, nah, you know, I'm looking for a brand manager role. She's like, well, what is it you think you do in a brand manager role? It's like, you know, like understanding consumer needs and creating products and advertising. And she's like, well, that's what we do in insights. So she convinced me to apply and I got the role. (laughs) And I I still was thinking, well, this will be a great, you know, experience builder for my future brand management role. Of course. Um, And after my internship, you know, I did apply for a bunch of internships, but I loved Clark so much, I ended up going back there. And again, thinking, you know some point I will switch. And I did actually years later at Mars have the opportunity to do a brand management rotation. And as it turns out, I do prefer insights over marketing. (laughs) As it turns out, I'm not
0: a huge fan of brand
1: management. (laughs) (laughs) So I kind of feel like I just got really lucky and lucked into it. But, you know, I always say the difference is like, if we're riding in a going on a car trip, and you're driving the car, and I'm in the passenger seat, and I'm like looking at the GPS or the map, if we get there successfully, it's because I played a role in it. But if we get lost, it's, you know, I can just blame it all on you for driving poorly or not listening to me. And that's kind of like insights as to marketing or into the business. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you advice. You can choose to listen to it or not. If you do, I'm going to take credit. And if you don't, then I'm going to say, well, <laughs> you didn't listen to me.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's actually a great analogy. I mean, I think, yeah. As, as you mentioned, you've been in the industry for quite some time. Um, and I'm wondering, so I see that in your background, you sort of, I don't even know how to say, that, lead gum. H- headed up gum? <laughs> lead gum.
1: <laughs> she did. A lot, a lot of gum. A lot of years on gum. So would you say that you have
0: like an exceptional understanding of the gum category? Is that something that you...
1: I would like to say I probably know... I'm like in the top 10 people in the world that know the most about gum. Oh at least in the any, <laughs> any
0: knowledge you want to drop?
1: Any uh, interesting facts that most people probably don't know? Uh, well... <laughs> Oh, um, gosh! I know so many fun facts about gum. But uh, well, did you know? For people who chew a lot of gum, it's really it's used as a mood management tool. Like gum can be a de stressor It can be a boredom killer. It can oh. also help with um, just like the action of chewing gum in your mouth can bring energy. So for people who chew a lot of gum, they know that it's a mood management tool. Um, it's often used with school kids in China to help them focus when they are studying.
0: Interesting. Mm -hmm. I love that. Chew more
1: gum. Chew more gum. It has many health benefits. It creates healthy (laughs) bacteria in your mouth. I love it. Um,
0: yeah, sorry. I had to ask. I recently, I recently, um, we're doing a presentation. Are you going to Quarks LA? I am not. You're not. Um, we're doing a presentation with one of our clients who works in uh, the frozen food space and, um, I was talking to a VP of potato the other day, and I <laughs> I was like, "Oh, no, VP what a potato, um, yeah. this is amazing." So yeah, when I see someone has a really uh. really interesting niche, I have to I have to ask. <laughs> um, probably more usefully, I do want to dive into um, your experience and your background and sort of what your role at McDonald's looks like now. Um, because it actually sounds quite interesting. Like, what is encompassed within sort of the um, insights and analytics function at McDonald's, and and is it different from any other places you've worked previously?
1: Yeah. So, um, I am in the global role, and and why I say that is because at McDonald's we have insights folks that are in the markets for the markets that report into market leaders, and then I um, support the entire global function, you know, including the president of the global SLT and, and all the global functions. Um, but within that, we have all aspects of insights and analytics. So I have a, a foresight team, a consumer insights team, a customer experience team, a business insights and analytics team, a data science team and a data governance team. And all of those teams um, in, are intentionally coming together under one house so that we can bridge data with human insight to drive business strategy and growth and um, we're really at service of the entire enterprise organization it's somewhat unique in that um, if you look at around at other big companies you'll see different models and I, I think we were talking about this before but it used to be that there was only a consumer insights team and we were the single voice of truth and you know we had all the data, but data was a lot more simple 20 years ago. But now with the proliferation of technology, which also creates, um, you know, infinite more data and data sources, what you saw happening is these um, other data and advanced analytics and data science groups were being created that were othered from insights. Um, And now over time, those two teams are starting to come closer together because what was happening was creating a little bit two versions of the truth. But really, Mm. I like to say like data Advanced Analytics and Data Science gives you a far better what than we could do with human, you know, data and application alone. But what it doesn't do is give you the human why. And so the bringing of the two together gets you just to a better business answer. So it's really exciting that I have the whole breadth of from foresight all the way to data yeah. science all in one team. And, you know, it's, it's been pretty exciting to see the impact that we can make by connecting those dots closer together.
0: And is there an area of insights that you're particularly passionate about? Like, is there, you know, a sub category that you feel like you either sort of thrive in or you find it most interesting?
1: Well, I mean, I I like to nerd out on all of it. I think it's all equally interesting, right? The innovation around like nerding out about topics like chat GPT and the ethics of AI is exciting to me as, um, talking about like foresight and the future of consumer behavior, which is equally interesting and like customer experience. And we talk to actual crew members and understand the crew experience and how that uh, affects the customer experience. Like all of that is equally super interesting. I think, you know, that's the one thing that we all have in common, right, is that we're super curious people. Mm. Super curious people can find any of that interesting. So I don't really think, I can't say I have a favorite child. But <laughs> <laughs> Okay, fair enough. I tried to make you choose. I'm sorry. I know. What, what if my team's listening? <laughs> I love them all equally. <laughs>
0: um, I'm gonna, I'm going to, go back to that clubhouse conversation um because <laughs> what's
1: clubhouse insert honestly what are go you talking Wikipedia. about
0: <laughs> we have to like include a link i don't even know if it still exists I don't, Anyways, think it but, I don't think it does um but that's sort of where we initially well i initially met you when i got a chance to hear a little bit about how you think about insights and how you approach it and I distinctly remember you talking about how it was super important to give marketers access to some level of market research tools and tooling and and sort of skill marketing functions up so that they can actually be a part of, um, I guess, being more con- customer-centric um, or consumer-centric. And I remember thinking that that was like, really awesome because a lot of the people on the call were kind of like, you know, we have to be careful. There's, and and I understand both of those things. I understand needing to be really careful about giving people access to data and making sure that they're, you know, internalizing it correctly. Um, but I thought that you had a really sort of refreshing perspective on who should have access to, um, insights tools, um, you know, and how, how they can sort of interpret it. So I wanted to dig a little bit more into that. Um, and you're like, I don't remember that conversation. No, I totally so... remember it.
1: It's funny. I, <laughs> I feel like I've been advocating that for like five years and I don't know that we've made much progress as an industry. But um, honestly, the real actual point was in the world of how we can invest and spend our time, most insights people would say, I want to, you know, like the most overused phrase, I want see seat at the table and I want to be able to influence strategy and impact the business. Well, you know what's not like the most highest level of impact in the business is running a concept test or running a naming screener, right? Like the the low level but important and needed repeatable research processes that we do that helps drive innovation along or you know product development along. They need to be done. But we have automated tools today where marketers themselves can just input the concept, push a button, and get the answer. We don't need to do that for them. So really the genesis of my point is let's give lower level repeatable low risk work yeah. to the marketers so also we're not the bottleneck so they can continue move and do their work trust that they are smart human beings that are getting paid a lot of money and they also want to make right and good decisions um and so that we can focus our time on higher impact like bigger foundational, deeper insight studies or foresight work that drives the business forward, mm. or digging into big known business problems that require more complexity, you know, connecting of multiple dots together, et cetera. So I just advocate for, let's just get rid of lower level work.
0: Yeah. And I I hear that a lot more. I mean, that that conversation I'm referencing was a couple of years ago now. Um, and I hear that a lot more now. Okay. Um, this idea of really wanting to democratize access. Um, but how do you go about doing that? <laughs> a well, huge again, question, like tools but... today
1: are created that you can set it and lock it and forget it, right? So that's different than the past. Like they're, you know, yes. tools like your um, upside or like Zappy's tool, like, it's, it doesn't require a lot of. insights understanding. We're not writing surveys anymore. Yeah. Like, so the insights expert can set it up and then any marketer can understand intuitively how to use those tools to get to the answer. So I think the point is, it's not for everything all the time, but it's for the repeatable processes and where we have automated tools for which there are many, where um, there's no need why we need to get involved.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's a, a really good point. I mean, when it comes to Actually, setting up something like that, I'm sure, I'm sure you have, you know, set up the a tool like an Upside or as you mentioned, a Zappy. Um, what would your recommendations be for anyone else who's like new to an insights role um, or new to a role where they have to do that? Like, what would your recommendations be for someone who's looking to democratize access but is a little bit concerned um, about giving away too much access? <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, first, I always say, like, what do people think is going to happen? I always love getting in this debate because if you just ask, OK, insights person, what do you think is going to happen if we give them access? And they're like, well, they're going to misinterpret the results or, you know, bend it to meet their hypothesis. Like, well, yeah. OK, and what would happen if that happened? Yeah. Uh, well, then they would make potentially wrong decision or something. Well, but the thing is, is it takes an army of people and a whole bunch of processes and a bunch of data points and supporting measures. Like anyone who works in a company knows that it's, it takes a lot to get something through the system and out into the world that no one concept test or one human being is going to like implode the company if they make a bad decision. And also all people are trying to make good decisions for the company. So I think if we just all assume positive intent and assume it's all smart people working towards the same goal, like there's no risk. Um, But, you know, in terms of like more junior insights people, I also understand it's different because they're trying to prove themselves and create value. But again, I would say, is this the best way that you can create value or can you spend more time digging in deeper into the why or focusing on higher level business questions and problems. Um, So I think it also might just be a little bit of where you are in your career and what kind of work are you meant to be delivering. So for more junior insights people, maybe it is right and appropriate for them to run concept tests because it's a great way to learn how to do research. But at some point you've done that, you've learned that, you don't need to keep doing that. And then on the other side marketers will complain like you just keep giving us more work like technology and tools similar with marketing there're plenty of marketing automated tools right so they feel like you just we just keep getting piled on more work where other people used to do this work for me but you know my my argument to that would be that but that's we all have technology and tools that helps makes us faster and smarter and takes other work out of our lives and so that we can focus on what matters most which is what's the what's the end recommendation for the business
0: yeah, and the more and more I think about or not think about, the more and more I talk to other people within the Insight space, um, like similar similar to you, folks that are in leadership roles within Insights, they're thinking about how they can spend more time on those sort of strategic projects, and um, think, so it totally makes sense that you'd want to give access to people. Like I could run a, you know, I'm not an Insight professional. I feel like I could run a concept test, of
1: course. Um,
0: so. I I totally hear you and, and frankly like totally agree with you. I think that it makes it makes so much sense. I think one of the things that you touched on is um, in, our, in an interview that sorry in our sort of pre-chat was that you were really really interested in sort of people development and people leadership um and that's been sort of a non-negotiable now like you really want that to be a part of your, of your career going forwards. Talk to me about what it is that you enjoy about people, people development and people leadership.
1: Well, I mean, a couple of things, like one, just naturally as a human being, I'm personally into personal development and leadership i like to nerd out on those topics i'm constantly looking for ways to improve myself i like to take all of those like self-assessments i like to go to i still like to go to education and training i still attend conferences i feel like you know we're all lifelong learners so i think some of it is a personal proclivity towards that but uh, but the other half of it is i think you know we were talking about that if people were really really honest and I've actually done a poll just to check this out. Like, eighty percent of people managers would say they would, pref- if they could have the same salary and the same job without people managing, they prefer not to people manage because it's hard. People, you know, are all not the same. It requires style flexing. People are imperfect, emotional human beings inside yeah. and outside of work, so it's hard. Um, and when you do a good job, you get promoted. When you get promoted, most times it comes with people leadership, and so you have to take it if you want to keep moving up. Um, I, on the hand, on the hand, love it because I know that your ability to have the greatest impact possible has everything to do with creating a high-performing team that's also making an impact, right? So most of my work is not anything I do personally, but it's through my people. So if they're happy, engaged, effective, then we're all, raises all boats and we're all doing better. And so I also know how important it is to, to invest in that space um, and Personally, I just really love to see people like grow and flourish and succeed. It's just, it's a great feeling to be a part of that. So for all of those reasons, I really love people leadership, but it definitely, uh, it requires intentionality, energy, and sometimes when you have a full plate and a lot going on, that can feel like, you know, extra on top of. Yeah. But I love it.
0: I also love it. so. Um, I appreciate that. that. (laughs) Yeah. It's, uh, it's so rewarding in terms of actually developing people within the insights function. Um, so I actually just had, uh, I did an episode with the founders of DIG where we talked about what the next generation of insights professionals might look like. Um, and, we landed on sort of that curiosity piece, like being able to really handle a lot of new information at once. Um, it, you know, that's something that people really need to to be able to do within a new insights role. Do you have any recommendations for someone who's looking to to join um, as like an analyst or looking to move up within the insights function um, to be successful?
1: Yeah, it's funny. I mean that I feel like we talk about this topic a lot. Um, I think the curiosity, of course, is always gonna be there, right? Yeah. But more and more comfort with both left brain and right brain is probably gonna be a necessity. So the ability to understand technology, be comfortable using technology, you know, younger generations, that won't be an issue because they're used they were born digital native. So I think right. younger people that will just be a given. But the idea of like getting comfortable with Digging deep into qualitative, but also being comfortable with understanding how NLP and AI works. Like you don't have to be an expert and you don't have to be a hands on keyboard coder, but you need to understand what it is, how it works and how you can apply it to, you know, create insights and business impact. And I think that is different than today's Insights people who didn't born weren't born with like natively in the technology space or in the advanced analytics space. I feel like for a lot of insights folks, it's scary and hard. Mm -hmm. Um, But in the future, I think to be able to flux beyond between insights and data will just be a given. Um, I think also we will start to see insights folks coming from all different career paths, like rather than being You know, you have to have an MBA and you have to study marketing and market research. I think we'll start seeing more like journalists come into the space or planners come into the space or, you know, maybe marketers who decide that they want to come into Insights. So I predict that we'll start to see more diversity of where we recruit from, or at least I hope so. Nice.
0: Yeah. I mean, would you say Insights is a marketing function?
1: Um, it's starting to not be. I think historically it has been, but you're starting to see it now more yeah. and more sit as its own separate function, which I think is great.
0: Yeah. I'm always curious what people's answer is to that because <laughs> I'm like, I, I think it is, um, but I guess, yeah, in terms of the specific sort of set of skills that you're, you're building, maybe they're, they're slightly different. That was quite the aside. Okay. I'm conscious <laughs> of, I'm conscious of time. Um, before I go into our rapid fire questions, I did want to ask you one final question about your current role. Um, what is sort of, and not not that it's a challenge about McDonald's specifically, but as a senior leader within the insights function at a global business, like what is the biggest challenge that you're kind of facing right now, or what is the the thing that as you're going to sleep is sort of like percolating around in your brain? <laughs>
1: Uh, I mean, honestly, I guess the thing that keeps me up most at night is one, I mean, even though people manage it as my greatest joy, it's also the thing that gives me the most, you know, heartache. Like I don't want to see people pain, suffering, upset, whether that's personal or professional. Mm -hmm. So that definitely keeps me up at night. But then the other side of it, which is unique to McDonald's is we're sitting on a mountain of wealth of data, but because of our decentralized nature, so much of it, we don't have the right tools or systems um, or investment in place to like harmonize and fully utilize the data. So a lot of people say, I've got this data, but I don't know what to do with it. Like we've got this data and we know what to do with it, but we can't. And so we're having to put a lot of energy into back creating platforms, tools, processes, data lakes to be able to actually use the data that we have. And so that keeps me up at night. And just because, you know, it's like so close, it's in arm's reach.
0: Yeah. I love the term data lake.
1: (laughs) I'm like, what does that mean? (laughs) like, it's such a funny, it's such a funny term. I love it. (laughs) <laughs> Just learned a new phrase, which um, I my data scientist lead's gonna kill me, but data mart? I was like, what's a data mart? But that's apparently different than a data lake and data pool. So you've Ooh. got data pools, data lakes, and now a data mart. So go look that up.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah. I learn something new every time <laughs> I do one of these episodes. <laughs> okay, moving swiftly on because I don't want to take up any more of your too much more of your time. Um tell us about a new or like novel way that you've gone about understanding your consumer, your target your target audience, your customer base um, in the recent past?
1: Well, I feel like we're always trying novel things. I don't think this is novel, but we have um, crew and managers come into training in Hamburger University here in our headquarters every week. We've like turned that into a c- customer immersion program where we'll facilitate um, teams You know, to take you take the managers to lunch and interview them like such like a fun, easy way. We don't even have to go and do research; they're literally here in our offices. So that's one thing. Um, I also think we're always. I think more importantly, we're always trying to find creative ways of how we land insights. So, you know, how you use video or one time I remember for this Gen Z presentation, I made a pub quiz where I had senior leaders and teams and we did like a fun little pub quiz. But it was all served to show them how little they actually know about the topic, but but in a fun, engaging way. So I think, you know, being creative about how you deliver insights (laughs) is something we often overlook that I really enjoy thinking about.
0: Yeah, we're actually doing or I'm doing, um, someone on my team is doing a big piece of work on data storytelling right now and sort of how you do, how you land insights and you know, what best practice looks like. Um so yeah, it, it's also it's a huge topic right now. Um, but I love I have not heard about a pub quiz. That's so cool. <laughs> Who do you look to when trying to understand where like the market research industry is going?
1: Hmm. Well, um, I love going to conferences because I think that is, if you want to know where the research industry is going, a little plug for CRC in October. It's in Chicago this year. Yes, we'll, we'll think, be there. Yeah. I think Michael and I are actually applying to speak together. Yeah. But it's a great conference. We've got um, some amazing keynote speakers coming. Um, so conferences, number one, listening to podcasts um, and you know just talking to peers in the industry, insights leaders, Corporate insights leaders in the industry, at least, you know, in the U.S. and in the globe, spend a lot of time together. In fact, I was just with the head of insights at Kia in the Netherlands last week.
0: Oh, cool. And finally, do you have one tip for a researcher that's listening to this? Um, Yeah, one tip about how they can either do their job better or um, one sort of key takeaway from what we've talked about.
1: I think for more junior insights people, they should go to conferences, but, you know, take the supplier phone calls, learn more about what's going on in the mm-hmm. industry, because that's how you learn. I mean, if you don't know what methodologies and companies and approaches are out there, how will you get better? Um, and, and also, like, set up coffee chats with more senior industry leaders. I When yeah. more junior in, insights people reach out to me just to pick my brain or, you know, learn how to progress in their career, I always take the call.
0: Okay. Michelle, this was such a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, I will I'm sure see you soon. And for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much. We'll have a good morning. Week. Good to see you. Bye Megan. Bye. Thanks for tuning in this week. Find us on LinkedIn at Dig Insights and don't forget to hit subscribe for a weekly dose of fresh content.